0: Right, hello and welcome back to another Villa on Tour podcast with myself, Max Stokes, and joining me as always, Simon Lines. How are you today, mate?
1: I'm not too bad, thank you. Yeah, I'm good.
0: Uh, eventful weekend without the Villa, weekend off, enjoy it. I mean, I know what you got to on the Saturday, because I was with you. We made the uh, trip to Lincoln. That wasn't the most enjoyable of neutral games.
1: No, I think I said to you, deny that it was, I think, definitely the worst football game I've ever attended in my life, so... Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like I utilised my uh, my free weekend very well, to be honest with you. Because I uh, I went to that Saturday and then I worked Sunday, so it wasn't really. It wasn't particularly uh, great, really. But yeah, that game was pretty poor, wasn't it? I, I'm buzzing for the Premier League to come back. Because no disrespect to anybody who follows lower league clubs, but. I don't know how they put me watching that every single week. It was absolutely turgid, wasn't it?
0: The quality of football is horrific. We were speaking to a bloke on the train platform, weren't we, on the way back, and he Mm. was saying out of Lincoln's 13 home games, they've had 11 draws how do you draw 11 out of 13 home games? It was 0-0, by the way. It was absolutely horrific. Beer and the food and just everything was, was crap. So can't wait, like you said, mate, to get back to Premier League action. And then on the Sunday, I did a 15-mile walk and I'm still recovering from that. All along the canals in Birmingham. Absolutely unreal. Nice weather for it though. We had a lovely weekend of weather. Plenty of football is on at the moment. I'm quite jealous of Newcastle. Did you watch them the other night? I'm not jealous about it off the pitch, obviously, but I'm quite jealous of what they're doing at the moment on the pitch. And uh, yeah, let's all hope that Manny United do us all a favor and beat them at Wembley, but I'm I'm just jealous. I just want to get back to it now.
1: Yeah, no. To, to, be, to be fair to Newcastle, they've got it right, haven't they? I mean, I know there's been a lot made about their their, their owners coming in, and it's, it, especially in terms of the um, in terms of the money that they would be spending. And I think up until this January, signing Gordon for forty five million, which was that's a joke, yeah, which was crazy. But to be fair, to them, before that, apart from like Isak, which was mm. sixty million their their recruitment was quite targeted really and you've got to give you gotta give credit to Eddie Howe because he's he's got players like Dan Byrne who are absolutely, you know, on fire and then that other lad they brought at the centre off Butman, he's like he's like incredible and he's just I think they've got it spot on there. And I think the atmosphere at St James's Park helps them though. I was I was watching it like last night and the atmosphere that, that the Newcastle fans generated before that game yesterday, I mean, it's it's polar opposite to it's what Villa Park, you know, can be at times. And so you know, I, I just I just wish we we had something like that. I wish we had, you know, some movements going where where we could have you know flags, banners, and just to generate a little bit of atmosphere. And I know I know there's people who laugh about it, and people who say, "Oh, why do we need to generate an atmosphere?" But well it's pretty evident for me it goes hand in hand a, you know good atmosphere and yeah, it, yeah. It, help, it helps the team doesn't it it's helping Newcastle right now and
0: yeah a little bit a little bit jealous really because they're absolutely flying aren't they a little bit jealous I'm very jealous yeah all the, all the flags and the atmosphere they've got going up there it's really really good and fair play to them but yeah like I said let's hope Man United do the world a favour and beat them Villa are finally back this weekend absolutely buzzing forward to continue our winning run and surge up the league into the European spots there's hoping anyway but coming up in the show today we going to assess the transfer window, where Villa are currently, have we been left short and what we can anticipate for the rest of the season and as well as that, Simon, you'll love this, a massive transfer themed quiz for the end of the podcast so stay tuned for that. Please do keep up the support on the show and the YouTube channel as well, it's very much appreciated getting lots of comments from lots of kind comments all the time so follow on whatever podcast app you are listening to so you never miss an episode and if you do want to enjoy it please do leave a review and a five star rating because I've heard that helps so please go and do that it really does mean a lot Transfer window, finally done. Simon, you were saying that a couple of podcasts ago, I think it was, that you hate January in terms of work and all the silly season, basically, all the transfer rubbish done. But finally, it's done. We can focus on the football now.
1: I think it's a difficult month for clubs, if I'm being honest. In the midst of playing football matches, quite a hectic schedule as well, really. With the Premier League, you get normally two rounds of the FA Cup if you don't go out in the first round like we did. And then you have all this transfer stuff on top of it. And there's a lot of pressure from fans who always will expect signings and You get the rumour mill and people really wanting to believe that we're going to make 30, 40 million pound signings and and then it gets the deadline day and it's this whole hysteria on deadline day and you see teams buying players I think purely out of panic mode if I'm being honest. I, I don't think Half the players that move on deadline day, they're not even really wanted or targeted by the clubs essentially. But agents obviously keep popping these names around, and someone jumps on it. Um, and it's just, I was watching like Sky like late last night, and just the rubbish you know, it hits like 11 o'clock, and then they're all like, Oh, but deals can still be done, so stay tuned. And you know, like paperwork goes in, and then someone can sign in the middle of the night. And it's all, I just find it all a massive, massive charade, if I'm being honest. And just I'm just so I'm always so glad when it closes because you can just focus back on on the football again, you know. And that I think the summer is a little bit different because it's spread out over you know a period of two to three months, sort of thing, and and it obviously provides that sort of um, you know provides that little distraction because you've got not a lot else going on throughout the summer because there's, no, there's football no football exactly, yeah. so you don't mind it so much in the summer. But for me, January, um, yeah, I don't like it, and you know what Twitter's like, you get all these people making up absolute rubbish and yeah I just dislike it really I I wish we didn't have a transfer window if I'm being honest I wish we could sign players all throughout the year and it sort of be like it used to be and then there's like an element of surprise to it no one really no one really expects it because you know you can sign players anytime up till what was it? it used to be like April I think it was until the final sort of month or two months of the season, but it's never going to go back like that. But yeah, I'm not a fan of
0: it. Let's talk about Villa then. I want to talk about the players that he shipped out because I'm actually very impressed in terms of the dead wood and cutting off the fat of this squad. Like a lot of managers have failed to let these players go. I think we let 10 players go in the end, either on loan or permanently or just released or sent them back or whatever. So going out... Um, Permanently, you got Gilbert, Tyreek, Wright, Bednarek, or Gustinson, who is one of. It's got to go down as one of the worst signings ever. I mean, if he scored that volley against Wolves, maybe it goes down in a, a different kind of way. Um, but just getting rid of th- those sort of players who are never going to play, taking up wage bill, which potentially allow players to come in in terms of financials. It's just, it's just so nice to see these players going out. Sanson as well. Just yeah, it, it's nice to see, isn't it? Yeah, I think they did well in getting in
1: getting. Rid of the players that they did. Um, I think Bednarek's the prime example of why you don't do deadline day deals, or you don't, you know, you don't panic sort of thing. Because that was a panic signing. Carlos got injured, and he, that was just a panic signing, wasn't it, Bednarek? Because he made what? How many appearances did he make? Two or three or something. And um, and it was I can't remember. Yeah, it was something like that. I think he made one start, didn't he? It's Fulham. Away. He
0: in, has he played? Uh, in the Premier League, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I hes played, he played against Stevenage, didn't he? But in the Premier League, hardly ever.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I think he made one start against Fulham away, which was Gerard game. That yeah. well, <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and uh, you know, and, and I think you know, I, I'm not 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 criticizing him, majorly, but he just wasn't good enough, was he? And that showed because he couldn't get in the team. Um, same with like Augustine. I think with him, I know they brought him in as like Dean's backup, but again, you look you look at him and you think. Well, He wasn't good enough, so what 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 again, what was the point um and so so but yeah we we've done well to get some players out, and um obviously Bender and Augustus are on low, and so they've gone back. To their respective clubs, and then I know Augustinson's moved back out on loan. A couple of them on loan, obviously we've got Sanson and Nakambra who've gone out on loan, and you you, you kind of hope that they do have successful loan spells because they'll be back in the summer, and the last thing we want is to be sort of stuck with them again, really. So you hope they have successful loan spells so they can earn permanent moves elsewhere. But yeah, and then obviously Ings went. Um, get. We've got his big sort of wages off the book as well. Um, so I know in terms of um, in terms of players out, I think the club have done well, done extremely well to be honest. The, the fact is, the players we're talking about got nowhere near the Villa side. You know, Nakamba and played all season, and Sanson. Well, we know the story with Sanson; he could hardly ever, hardly ever get a game with us, and so and even Danny Ings. I mean, I know he was our top scorer when he's left, but. You look at his, um, you look at his stats, and he really started a game. He only, he only didn't start, he only started a game when Ollie Watkins wasn't available. If, if we've been honest, and so I think the players we have got rid of, um, I can't fault the club for it. I think they've done extremely well to get some
0: of them out of the door. Yeah, it frees up a couple of spaces, doesn't it? And like you said, those players haven't. I mean, the Canberra hasn't played in what, thirteen months or something ridiculous. Sansan similar, apart from the Stevenage game. I'm quite excited to see Aaron Ramsey and Cameron Archer link up at Middlesbrough. I think that's worth talking about. I think Cameron Archer obviously went out quite early in the window, Um, linking up uh, at Middlesbrough, Aaron Danks obviously up there, Michael Carrick doing a really, really good job, I think Middlesbrough are in the playoffs at the moment, Um, I think Middlesbrough fans are raving about Archer at the weekend, I think they played Watford in the Championship, stiff opposition apparently had a cracking game so I look forward to seeing how he does up there, Aaron Ramsey had a decent record for Norwich, didn't he really did, goals and assists, I think the only reason he's Come back was because of an injury. So him going out to another sort of top level championship side. I'm excited to see what those two can do. And again, they come back in the summer. Emery looks at them over the summer in pre season. Could be an exciting time for those two for sure. Bit of a weird one with Ramsey though, because it sounded when he came back, it
1: sounded like he was out for quite a while, didn't it? It sounded like yeah. they cut his loan short because he was going to be out for a few months and then he's obviously back straight back out to Middlesbrough, which is a bit a bit of a weird one. But it's good for Middlesbrough. I think I was pleasantly surprised with how how Ramsey did for Norwich. I think he you know, he was only at
0: I was surprised because I where did you go before was it Cheltenham? Cheltenham. He was um, poor yeah. there, wasn't he, he? wasn't
1: yeah, he wasn't brilliant at Cheltenham. So he did well for Dean Smith at Norwich. Um so yeah, going to Middlesbrough and it's always good if you go to a side in that top sort of four or five of the division, you know. You've got that you know, you're able to bring your A game more than if you join a club who's struggling for form at the bottom of the league, you know, it's it's sort of all sort of rests on you. But when you go to a club who's already in form, then that pressure's not really on you majorly. And it's one of them with Archer. It's it's that, he, I think, I, I still feel like he needs to add more goals to his game. I think his all-round play is good and I think what the Middlesbrough fans were saying on the weekend, he was he was very good, he was very lively and he got that assist. It's just, I think he just needs to add that. If he wants to be a top striker, I just think he needs to add that goals consistently to his game sort of thing, which hopefully he will because there's a good player in there, definitely, but you know what catches managers' eyes if, you, if it's, it's if you're scoring goals, isn't it? And I think if he could bag a fair few before the end of the season for Middlesbrough, then he might be in Unai Emery Sports, you know, ahead of of next season. Because I'd like to see him make it, I really would, because he's sort of different, isn't he? He offers you something a little bit different.
0: Well, Cameron Archer did it for Preston, didn't he? he? Scored a decent number of goals for them, so we know if he if he has a successful spell at the Middlesbrough, we know he can do it in the Championship. And then, you know, he got to prove himself in the Premier League then in pre season. But do, what do you make of the, there was a lack of striker links, wasn't there, for Villa over the window? It's sort of like attacking options, wingers, Gwen Doozy attacking midfield, but there wasn't really any strikers link There was loosely links with Dembele, but there was nothing sort of concrete in that. Duran comes in obviously for a decent fee from Chicago Fire, but there's a lot of pressure on him now isn't there because he's played what 20 25 games at a pretty poor mls side in chicago fire they're nothing special over there at all still only 19 doesn't speak the language i think villa have probably got a lot of hope on him probably a little bit more than we would have expected i think we've talked about inks to death but him going out i think emery expected someone to come in didn't we We obviously just couldn't quite get another striker over the line so a lot of pressure on duran now
1: there yeah there, there is um I think um, obviously we Henry spoken about it and he and he obviously wanted another striker. Um but it's easier said than done though and what you just mentioned Dembele there, but it's, it, you have to ask the question: Is he any better than what we've got, though? And that's the problem. It's not. There's
0: no point in buying players if they're not going to improve on what you've got. And I'm looking. I think he's he's probably better than Duran, though, is he not? And for three million, what what what's the point in that? But he's, you sell him for ten in the summer if he's alright. But he's
1: not. He wasn't. He wouldn't start games, though, would he? So he's he's another player you've ended up signing. And he'll end up sitting on your bench because Ollie Watkins is. You only, we only play. We only play with one striker, don't we? Effectively one centre forward, yeah. and so. I I I get what you're saying. I do understand it. And if Ali Watkins got an injury, yeah. But I I don't know. I think it's tough. I think the club are looking at the club are looking at improving on what we've got. And I think they're looking at trying to use money wisely to do that. I think Villa fans might not want to hear this, but the club needs to become self-sustainable, and that's what the owners are trying to do. We're not in the market of going out willy-nilly spending money on players that all leave six months later. Unfortunately, it's not it's not it's not what the club should be doing. It's not what well it's definitely not what we should be doing if you want to be self uh, self sustainable i think the issue of a striker especially in january i think it's the same in the summer as well but in january especially everybody wants one. everybody wants exactly the one position everybody talks about in football is you always hear the quote we need a 15 or 20 goal a season man and that's great that's all that's all well and good but where do you find that from when everybody's looking for it um and i think the other bit to it is that if you do want someone who's going to really improve you i, I, I think you i think you have a look at the the money that teams are paying for, sort of, you know, not bad footballers, but outrageous money. Like, like with Conor Gallagher, like Conor Gallagher, forty million, or Anthony Gordon, forty-five million. And you think, wow, that's a, that's an awful lot of money that is. And you think it's probably maybe double or a little bit less than double what you'd normally be paying, or what you pay in the summer. Mm. I, I just think we've got what we've got eighteen games in the Premier League. We're not in any other competitions, so it's not we're playing well, like one game a week essentially. So it's not like we have got to manage players workload essentially um, you know we've just paid 14-15 million for Duran. I know he's 19 and know he's come from America if you were being really optimistic you could say we're a challenge for Europe you could say that because we're only a few points off but the realist in me would say that well Chelsea and Liverpool are probably you know due sort of an upturning form mm. and so for me is, is, is top half acceptable for Villa this season is top half the aim and I think it probably is if I'm being totally honest and so even if Watkins did get injured for two or three games I think the, I think they I think I don't think the manager would have any any issue in throwing Duran in. To be honest with you, and I, I do get, I do get the fans' worries. I do, and I understand. I, I kind of understand frustrations when people are saying we're only three, four points off of Europe, sort of thing at the moment. But obviously, we are only you know at the, at the, on the th- in the first day of February. There's a long way to go until the end of May. And so, if we were saying it, you know, if we were saying it, we're not long to go. I'd I get it, but. I don't know I just I just think
0: all the circumstances didn't work in Villa's favour in the window in terms of a striker. Yeah, I think I agree with the principle of not stockpiling players, I just think potentially this was a a, a unique situation, but then again, I, I can really see it from both ways. I can because, like you said, Liverpool and Chelsea will wake up at some point. I think it's Chelsea spent absolutely—that's a hot—we can do a whole podcast on what the hell Chelsea have done this this window. That's an absolute disgrace, by the way—an absolute disgrace. Um But th- th- those two will wake up at some point. So yes, we are three points off, and yes, if we went all guns blazing, spending forty, fifty million on whoever. Potentially it could happen, but then what do you do in the summer if we do get you or if we've got, you know, double the amount of games next season? And I just think, yeah, it probably is sensible to just relax a little bit. I, I think on, on Twitter as well, it's all out of control, absolutely out of control. I think Villa fans with sign as well, especially like a new one comes in and it's like a toddler with a toy at Christmas, like they'll play with it for about a day and then they just want another one and it's just the case of being a little bit more realistic and yeah, I I like the strategy of only getting right players at the right time and Villa have said that for a number of years actually, not just under Emery. So with things going a little bit early in the window, I was slightly concerned that we didn't have a succession plan but I can see it from both sides and I'm not, not too too angry about it, and like you said, we're out of the cups as well. I think the thing is,
1: if we're going to be realistic, we'll talk about while well, we got rid of Danning's, we didn't bring replacement. Yeah. But if we're going to be realistic about it, Danning's would have sat on the bench for the for for say fourteen out of these eighteen games coming up. Really and when similar. he does start, he's not—he's not been special. No, he hasn't, and that's the thing. But so if you're saying, you know, let's let's just hope Oli Watkins doesn't get a major injury. But if he doesn't, mm. you, and Danning's had a stayed, he'd have probably started three or four games until the end of the season. And then I think you look at it and you think, well, I'm going okay. We got offered that. We got offered that 15
0: million. You take it. You know, people forget about players coming back from injury as well. McGinn's been out, and and Dean's been out, and that bench at Southampton was poor, and there was. We only fielded eight substitutes when we could have done nine and there was two keepers. Caden Young was on the bench. But there are a couple of players coming back, aren't there? McGinn, Dean, Carlos, potentially in a a month or two or whatever. I know it would take time for him to get up to it. But potential bench, this is with with the strongest team available, potential bench of Olsen, Cash, Carlos, Dean, Dendonka, McGinn, Coutinho, Troyore, who we'll talk about in a minute, and Duran. And then obviously, obviously you've got the first team as well. So when you say it like that with everyone being fit, It's not actually too bad, is it? You've also got, obviously, Caden Young, the the young lad,
1: who has been in and around it. You've got Josh Feeney who's been in and around it as well. Um, And you've also got, at the moment, depends on wherever he does go back out. I don't know, I don't don't bet the loan window. Does it extend a little bit, the loan window? I'm not sure, but you've still got Kane Kessler there as well. Kane kessler Hayden, And so, you'd think he would be in and around it as well. Um, And so, I still think we've got enough players and and, and anyway, we we, we name I, I you know what you know my feelings on how many substitutes have been made in football games. I find the whole fub, <laughs> five sub rule thing absolutely ridiculous. It just feels like a never ending. I why we you know, I always say why have we got nine players on the bench, you know, it's it's too it's too many. I always think if we if we'd have kept to the five or the seven subs on the bench, we probably wouldn't be going as mad as we are about oh, yeah, about exactly. the depth to be fair, it's just because we've got to make we we've got to name nine subs on the bench. Um but I think with those young lads, especially if we keep uh, Kane Kessler around, um, I, I, I think we're all right, if I'm being honest.
0: Let's talk about Troy Array coming back then. There was rumours throughout January that he might be coming back, but I, I thought he had quite a bad injury, but apparently now he's only one or two weeks away from being fit. I like him coming back. It, I'm, obviously, it's a cliche saying he feels like a new signing, but it kind of does. He hasn't been around for a while. He didn't get on too well with Steven Gerrard, apparently, and he's a winger, which we don't have. Um, I, I liked him he was really good on his day can be up and down but every winger is and if he wasn't up and down and he was constantly quality the quality that we have seen him produce he'd be an 80-90 million pound player so I like him coming back and he gives us that option doesn't
1: he? I think he was a victim of the change of manager when Dean Smith left um, yeah. and then also he had he had a rotten run with injuries last season uh, Troy already did he had an absolute rotten run he was he literally gained no momentum whatsoever um, between between coming back from his injuries. Um, he only started like one or two games, didn't he? I think one was Brentford away. I can't remember the others, but he only started like one or two anyway last season. Um, so he had a rotten run with that, really. And so that's the only thing I worry about him. Obviously, he's still injured at the moment. And it's like, I'm not convinced he'll be the long-term future under Emery, if I'm being honest. Like, I, I don't see that. I think Emery will, will want better quality, but... When we're talking about we need more forward options and he's on loan away in Turkey and we've got an option to bring him back, then it's a bit of a no-brainer really, isn't it?
0: yeah it is and he produces numbers as well he scored a decent number of goals didn't he in that lockdown season under yeah. Smith when we were we were doing really well and he did stay fit and he had that running games and he produced goals and assists which is really nice to see and I'm looking forward to seeing him back I really am um, I think it was pretty obvious as well what we were going for and the some with, with like you said the attacking options Luis Enrique from Real Betis Nico Williams from Bimbao. pretty rubbish rumours if I'm honest with you 45 million quid it was, it was never realistically going to happen Guendouzi as well uh, I I can see that and I think there is truth in it and it could happen in the summer. I just think Marseille are third. They're four points off top of the league. He's already got Champions League football. He will likely have Champions League football next season. So I don't think it's as easy as some people think just going out there and Emery clicking his fingers and players to the quality of Guendouzi, for example, can come in in the summer. So I still think it's going to be hard, but I think Emery will be fully, fully backed in the summer, 100%. I think we will spend big as well. I mean, you look at Villa squad and you'd expect that they'll look at a winger a striker,
1: probably a central midfielder. And then I'm just thinking, you know, possibly another centre-half at some point. And I wouldn't be that surprised to see him have a look at, have a, look at a right-back, if I'm being honest, because it doesn't seem like, well, he doesn't feel like he fancies cash that much, which is a bit odd to me. So I quite like cash. Um, and obviously with Ashley Young's age, I wouldn't be But if you're talking about five top-class players, that's going to cost you an awful lot of money whether we'll do that in one transfer window in the summer, I I doubt, if I'm being honest, I think you might get, you might get two or three real sort of top class players um, and then, you know, we might have to sort of, you know, cut our cloth a little bit in terms of, you know, do we just go with what we got in terms of a right back? I don't don't know. I don't know what you'll do, but I'm just saying I, I wouldn't expect like five sort of Thirty, forty million pound players, and I don't see that happening. But I think we'll spend. I think. I think. I think we've got to spend kind of big anyway. I mean, if you look at if you look at Villa's net spend over the last few transfer windows, I mean, it's it's really low compared to our competitors anyway. I think because we took mm-hmm. the money for Grealish and we took some other money for some of the other players like Chukwemeka, etc. Um, we haven't spent a lot either, really, in terms of the Premier League these days. We haven't spent a lot the last. Uh, the last two or three transfer windows so i could see spending in in the summer but again i think it will i think it'll be targeted i think it'll be sort of two or three big signings rather than
0: seven eight nine sort of bang average sort of signings yeah i agree with you i think there'll be two or three real quality ones that will improve the starting 11 and i think we will see us break our transfer record that's for sure an interesting one i saw this week if watford get promoted it will trigger a 15 million pound buyout clause for keenan davis whoever signed that off from villa needs a pay rise that is absolutely incredible 19 games this season four goals which for keenan davis isn't actually that bad but 15 million quid for him i'm rooting for watford now I still
1: don't really believe it though. It feels a little bit too good to be no, true. I don't. It's like he's only got in the summer when he comes back. He'll only have twelve months left on his contract. Who, who in the right mind would think they're going to pay fifteen million for Keenan Davis? I don't understand that. This is Watford, and they they are a bit mental. But but if the, if that is true, then absolutely, I'm all in for Watford now. Like I didn't really want Watford to get promoted. I'd rather somebody else <laughs> come up. I've said for a while, like i have quite like a Blackburn or a Middlesbrough yeah. or some, something like that to come up. But um,
0: if that's the case, I'm all for Watford now. Yeah, I, don't, I cannot get my head around that. That's absolutely unreal. Anyway, any more transfer chat, or do you fancy a quiz?
1: Yeah, I th- no, I think we've covered the transfer. I mean, like, like I said, not a lot went on. Um, we got the couple in, yeah. and that'll do, really. So, yeah, let's move on. to Let's let's have a go at the quiz.
0: Right, I'll give a massive shout-out to AVFC Stato, who provided me with the uh, goods. go and follow him on Twitter, absolutely unbelievable Twitter page. The game of Guess the Aston Villa Deadline Day signing from these clues. So, five clues. Each clue uh, reveals a player that Aston Villa have signed on a transfer deadline day. Day. Number one is a sound device from one of my videos, and you've got to tell me who this player is. Better, 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 better. Come on, you boy. Right, just a small observation <laughs> absolutely huge. Look at the size of that. If he doesn't score a header today, I'm going to be fuming. Yes, are, yes, so. Who was that? Me calling him absolutely massive. There's a bit of a clue on the time frame because I did a video, obviously, when we signed him. This can be January, it can be the summer, it can be a loan deal, it can be a permanent, everything. It was just a deadline day signing. I don't know. I've no idea. Number two. This player played three times for Aston Villa, but I did manage to capture his final game uh, as one of my first games at Villa Park as a fan under Alex McLeish. So I I saw his final game but he only played three games for Aston Villa. Number three. This player also only played three games for Aston Villa, but at the age of thirty-five is still currently playing in Canada. I didn't realise this bloke was so young still. You're struggling now, yeah. Well, it's like there's not this doesn't really narrow it down, does it? Like about it does, it, yeah. it does. Come on, this player only played three times. He's now thirty-five and he's playing in Canada. Someone be, would have got could it. Be Eddie <laughs> no, we couldn't. Well, it could. <laughs> oh, I love this. A quiz where you're not absolutely smashing it. Come on. I mean, I've got nobody playing against me, so... <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're playing against me. I don't want you to get all the answers right as you usually do. Right, move on to number four. I think this is a little bit of an easy one. The last two are a little bit easier. This player scored against the Blues at his time at Villa. He retired in 2019 with his last club being Ipswich Town. Is that a little bit easier? Any ideas on that one? Not really. Really? I don't know any of them. All right, you'll get the last one. You'll get the last one. Number five. This player was signed from Genk at the age of 22 on a deadline day. Right, we'll go through the answers and I'll give you the year and you can have a little think. Okay. Right, number one was the soundbite. Um, it was from, I think, September 2018. So he was signed on August deadline day, 2018. Start of the promotion season under Steve Bruce. There's a clue. Any ideas now? Because I know you were struggling with that. August 2018 under Bruce. Yep. Was it Abraham? Yes, there you go. Tammy, Tammy. What a man. 25, 26 goals for Villa. Number two was the player who played three times and I managed to capture his final game as one of my first games at Villa Park. Any ideas on that one? Was that um, Jermaine Genus? It was Jermaine Genus. I, I looked this up on Wikipedia. He was only 28 at the time. He had a horrible injury at Villa, didn't he? He went to Forest and then QPR. Didn't his injury occur after he tripped over, the stri- uh, tripped over the sprinkler at Villa Park? It was the Man United game. I remember. He went down that game as well. That's he right, probably yeah. did something, something stupid. Yeah. Number three, another player who played three times, and he's currently thirty-five, playing in Canada. Any ideas on that one? Mm, I struggled with this one. He's American. He's American. Was it Michael Bradley? Yes, Michael Bradley, there you go. Is he still playing? He's still playing. Oh, I didn't realise he was 35. I thought he'd be like 40 odd. Yeah, he looked old even when he was at Villa though. And he, and <laughs> didn't, and he didn't even play. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Right, number four. This player had scored against the Blues at his time at Villa, retired in 2019 with his last club being Ipswich Town. Any ideas? I have no idea on this one. Oh, I thought you'd get that one. I, I, yeah. I kind of forgot he went to Ipswich. The Ginger Pele, James Collins. Did he played for Ipswich? Yeah. Where did he He was at West Ham. I yeah, was at that. West Ham. Played loads of games there, obviously, did, and then did we nearly switched. signed him back at one point as well. There wasn't the root, he was Probably like training not. with us, wasn't he Like, towards yeah, the end, I think wasn't he, I? he made his Ipswich. If I'm remembering this right, he made his Ipswich debut at Villa Park. I don't remember. He's one of them
1: players though, Collins. He's, he was a bit forgettable, wasn't he? He wasn't. He was all right, but he was just. He weren't great,
0: and he wasn't. Terrible but he was just... He was just kind of there. I quite liked him, though, weirdly. I don't know, yeah, I just quite liked okay. him. He was okay. And then the last one, this player was signed from Genk at the age of 22. Go on. Benteke. Oh, Christian Benteke, indeed it was. I didn't know he was a deadline day signing. What a signing. Hopefully, Duran can uh, live up to those expectations. Yeah, yeah.
1: Benteke was incredible, wasn't he? Absolutely incredible. I love him. I, never, I love understand, him. never understand how his career went in
0: the end, because he was so good at Villa. So good. I think I told you the other day, he's currently playing for... DC United in Texas. Didn't even know he went there. No, I didn't. that's, that's it's another. A shame. It's a shame, isn't it? Really, it's a shame.
1: It is. He should have. He should have been absolutely brilliant. Really, after after his time at Villa. I mean, the Liverpool move just. Uh, you know, like it just it just ruined it for him, didn't it? The Liverpool move, and he just wasn't the right club for him, was it? And then. He was alright at Palace, but he was never prolific, was he? But he was incredible at Villa, that's the thing. He was absolutely brilliant
0: for us. In a shocking, shocking side. There many shocking sides, actually. He kept us up single-handedly for about, what, Two or three seasons, easily. No, nah, I love the bloke. He's my favourite player I've ever seen live at Villa, probably up there with Jack. Like He's he's just a joke. And a, a, a goal record of one goal in every two games for Villa and a side that poor, like we said, it's a joke. I love yeah. the bloke, I do. What a yeah. man. Right then, I think we'll close off this podcast just talking about what's coming up then. Obviously, we've got Leicester on Saturday, the first uh, three o'clock game at Villa Park this season, which is mental in itself. I'm quite excited for the Man City-Arsenal doubleheader. I think i I like to see an Emery side at Villa go up against one of these big sides and see what he can do. Man City away is going to be hard. Arsenal at home, obviously, they're, they're incredible at the moment and the likelihood is, and there is potential for us to lose both games. But I don't know. I fancy us to get something out of either of those games. I just want to see us go up against a big side and see how we go about it. I
1: kind of feel like the City game might suit us though, you know. Like how how we play with Emery away from home. I, I sort of feel like it might suit us, like sitting in deep and just waiting for that chance on the counter, which it will come because... I've said to you before, like this season, I, I think the reason why Man City aren't, you know, at the top of the league is because their defense isn't as good as what it was. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. I know they're still like, if you look at defensive stats, they're still like third or fourth in the league in terms of best defense. But that's that's not that good enough, is it? Though for City, clearly because they're they're not top of the league. And I think losing Fernandinho. Um, I think that I think they've struggled a bit with that because they brought Phillips in as the replacement and that hasn't really worked at the moment. And uh, I just feel like you can get it at Man City. I genuinely do. I, I mean I remember at Villa Park earlier on in the season and that was under Gerard and after yeah. they after they took the lead with Haaland, it was like we we just we moved it up that notch, didn't we, and took the game to them and we equalised and then I was I was convinced if the game had carried on for another ten, fifteen minutes, Villa would have won the game. Yeah, in terms of the game this weekend. To be big game really because obviously with those two games on the horizon you want to get some points in the bank don't you really? Yeah. Um, and it's against a side who they've been dreadful since the since the return after the World Cup haven't they? They've been terrible. Yeah, it's a chance this weekend. Definitely nice to have a Saturday 3 o'clock game. Nice to have some players back fit as well in terms of McGinn and Dean and Duran will probably be in the squad I would have thought
0: yeah I don't know I think it's 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 a tough one to call on Saturday I don't know Leicester aside that have got decent players but you're right they just have been absolutely terrible by their standards this season they were dreadful like, against Warsaw though they were, they were dreadful they were dreadful the round before that in the FA Cup against Gillingham as well they struggled and they put yeah. out a strong team as well yeah so
1: I'd I'll be honest I'd be disappointed if we don't beat them at Villa Park I will I really will. I think if we want to, if we're talking about top half finish, then we need
0: to be beating teams got, like Le- yeah. teams like Leicester at home. You've got to win, haven't you? And then after the uh, Man City and Arsenal game, we've got Everton away. And I I, I like going to Everton, but I don't know. Like I, that just worries me under Deich as well. Because we were talking about the other day, weren't we? We were talking about who do we think is going to get relegated. And you, you put Everton out of it. And yeah, I can see it because they've got Dyche. And he knows how to keep teams away from that drop down, doesn't he? So I'm a little bit worried about that away game. But again, it's, if, you, if you're serious about where you want to be, it's a game you've got to win, isn't it, that Everton game?
1: Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't rule them out of releg I'm, I'm not ruling them out of relegation, but I just think that he knows he knows how to get teams, you know, out of it, doesn't he? I think the only thing for Everton is that where the goal's gonna come from. Um mm. I think when Dyche was at Burnley he always had someone to score, didn't he? He had like a Chris Wood in the team and he always had someone who was a decent goal scorer, but I look at Everton and I wonder who's gonna put the ball in the back of the net. Obviously Calvert Lewin has had a lot of injury problems and um, he's not really been at the races when he has played. And then you've, you you struggle then. You've got like Moor who doesn't score goals on the regular. Um, and then you've got, it's like Dwight McNeil. He needs to get Dwight McNeil playing and playing, playing well. <laughs> they have paid a lot of money for him. And he's yeah. been like nowhere near it, has he? So um, I think it, it's a tough job for Dice. if I'm being honest. I think especially that they made no signings either yesterday. I thought the there were, there were rumours were that they were going to make two or three and then they ended up making none. Um, I think it's a tough job for Dyche if I'm being honest but mm. I think they've got more of a chance now that he's there than, 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 than they had Prior to that, so it just depends
0: if they can score enough goals. But you're right again; another game where you want to be going there and getting something out of the game, essentially. know they only seem not to spend any money in January, Everton in the whole Premier League. So, yeah, I mean it's not it's not out of you know they want to try and like they went for it, they went for Gallagher, they went for whoever. Just no one wants to go there at the moment. But yeah, I think there'll be a better better side under Dice. Um, but that's at the end of Feb, so we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I think we'll wrap it up there. A nice little chat, no game to talk about. Obviously, we'll do one um, at the week. probably talking about the Leicester game so do subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to so you never miss an episode the support has been really good so me and Simon really do appreciate the support on the podcast so thank you very much for that without further ado have a good rest of the week enjoy yourselves have a good weekend if you are going to Villa Park and up the Villa